Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a partially completed commercial high-rise in glamorous Hollywood adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XF West, boasting an obstructed view of one of LA's leading cement factories, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, once again, the host of Mark McGrath's 120 Heard Weekends on the 90s Online here on Sirius XM, as well as, as you all know, the lead singer of Sugar Ray, who earlier this year released the new album, Little Yachty. Hello, and welcome back, Mark McGrath. Tully, the quickest wit on radio. Always a pleasure to be here, my friend. And the T-shirt's killing it today. Your T-shirt game. I walked in. He's got mm. the dogs, the Amor shirt on. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Well, I'll let people know. There are late 80s uh, English uh, also-rans, I guess, that were never really had a hit. They, had, they made a little bit of uh, a mark in the UK and Europe, but I would uh, compare them to a, a, a Hanoi Rocks light, if you will, without the songs and Michael Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> Hanoi Rocks without the charismatic front man and the material. And the songs, yeah, exactly. I think but Hanoi Rocks didn't have a ton of hits. Their their biggest hit was a cover of uh, Creedence Clearwater's Up Around the Bend. I've never heard their cover of... It's a great version. This is Dogs and More. Come on, they got tunes. How fun this is. Are you kidding me? It was cool because they were with the metal bands, but they're they're actually a rock band. Yeah. Little Faces, little Stonesy, little London Choir Boysy. That's right. There could only be one. Um, the Dogs to More tried to be the revival. Yeah. But okay. the choir boys just had better songs. And then the Black Crows had better songs than the and choir boys. Exactly. And they went, thanks for playing. And, yeah. you know, they got left behind in the hair metal yeah. world. You know, it's funny, the hair metal net. See what I did there? Aqua hair metal net. Mm, it's mm. it's it kind of it's cast kind of uh, a lot broader than you think. You know, you can go into the, the Dogs DM or the Hanoi Rocks of the world. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, I think Guns N' Roses, in their first video for Welcome to the Jungle, Axel's got his hair teased to the ceiling. I know. And they're wearing makeup and they're straight up uh, like almost a glam hair metal band. And they'll deny of ever course. having had anything to do with that scene or that genre, despite the fact that they were fucking good at it. And they Own were it. great. And the man wore assless chaps on stage during yeah. their early years of, if that isn't mm-hmm. hair metal and glam, I don't know what is. Go find the demo. The, uh, many of the demos of the songs that were on Use Your Illusion that were written before the Use Your Illusions, Back Off Bitch is, he's going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's fucking, that's not just glam, that's girl group. Come on. That's Runaways, bro. Come that's on. That's right. That's exactly right. And it was, actually, that was the coolest bit for me about the Chinese democracy is he did still in tiny, he had to just pick the good bits out of yeah. the Chinese, like a, it's a very inconsistent buffet of music. Such a bloated. Yeah. But, but there are gems in there, you know. But he still got a little bit of that, one of the two songs that I thought really worked on that album is called The Blues, and he's still going, whoa, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. and it's like, all right, yeah. this is... That's where he comes from. Yes. That's, where, that's his safe place. Be you know that. What I mean? yeah, yeah, you don't need to guy. be... It, What's the funny. other good song in there? Because I want to know if we feel the same way. Oh, my God. Far and away, there's Be- one better? song... Yeah, Be- yeah better, better, better. Better, to me, yeah. is better than anything they wrote in the, for uh, the Use Your Illusions. I completely agree. That's why yeah. I was curious to know your pick on that. Better would, would have sat nicely on Appetite. Yeah. You know, I would, I'll trade Say Anything for Better immediately. Uh, think. Uh, wait, think about you. I mean, anything goes. Anything goes. Oh, yeah. Anything, anything goes. goes tonight. Anything goes. Say piece anything. Of crap. Yeah. Sorry, I saw a John Cusack movie last night. So. Yeah. Anything goes was the the real filler on that. It and was. Don't, and don't tell me that's not a glam. By the way, but anything goes would have been a giant hit song for L.A. Guns and Fats Pussycat. That's how strong that record. That's a great is. point. Yeah. Their worst song you know, was a lot yeah, of bands' best song. Best song. Right. That's that's incredible. Is that the best debut of all time? Well, a lot of bands. Best albums are their debut. They're usually the first, but I'm talking about, okay, that even says more about what is the best debut of all time. Yeah. I Sex think, Pistols was up there for him because see, the, it, never mind the books, can't, can't mess with it. There's certain albums that just get passed into this godlike status where I don't know if we can really talk about them as pieces of music anymore. I believe this is where I'm supposed to say, Are You Experienced is the greatest album of all time. End of conversation. If you don't get it, then clearly I can't talk to you because you just don't get it. I don't think Are You Experienced is a great album. 
Well, I totally agree with you, too. And it's also got to appeal to the masses. You know, Jimi Hendrix is very guitar centric, mm-hmm. obviously. And I think it appeals to a certain guy, uh, a, a muso, if you will. Musicians, they love that. You know, uh, I don't think um, a 40 year old housewife driving a Volvo is going to say that's her favorite record. But she may say Appetite for Destruction is. She might say Appetite for Destruction. I'm looking at the best selling debuts of all time. Uh, obviously, Appetite's got to be. Yeah. Is it one? Uh, let me see. Well, now I'm just looking at the 100 best debut albums of all time, as according to Rolling Stone. They, actually, it opens to Appetite, which they've got at number four. But what beats it? Well, are you experienced as number three on, <laughs> on their list? How dare we argue with them? Uh, I don't know if we would consider Bad Out of Hell Meatloaf's debut album. I think he had done stuff before that. I think you're right, too. That's a whopper. That gets... No, people don't really talk about that because it came became more of a phenomenon than a piece of music. But it's, boy, is that cool! It's beyond music. What me love yeah. is drama. It's theater. It's so much. You know, um, Boston is oh Boston a pretty big deal. The but, Boston debut is huge. But what are the songs? Because it's also about timing. They were in that period of time where people were moving vinyl. Yeah. Okay. So more than a feeling. More than I'm going to guess that there's another big hit off of that that I can't think of. Oh, there's a there's a bunch. More than a feeling. Uh, uh, peace of mind is on that. Uh, you know, I got my peace of mind. Um, and then uh, take me home tonight. Take me home tonight. There's some great songs okay. on the record. I, I have no doubt about that. You'll, you'll know them all once you hear them. Okay. It's kind of like it's every single on that record got played. But what's interesting about Boston is that they didn't age as well as I thought they should have. This is a band that was just playing recently live. They still played. Okay. You know, obviously Brad Delp's no longer with us. That's when you're the lead singer, that's a, that's, that's a tough one to overcome. But the lead singer wasn't the brains of the band, was he? No, Tom Schultz was the brains. Right. And Tom Schultz, he reinvented this guitar sound. Mm-hmm. Remember he invented the rock band or whatever that, that thing was? It was like, that's, that guitar sound you hear in Boston, he tweaked his instrument. He built his own guitars and built his own amps. Yeah. And, and he was the guy that not only did that, but he's also the aesthetic uh, leader of the band too, and the creative control uh, element of Boston. So there is a lot of working. He's a genius. I don't doubt that. To me, that's what he was more than anything. As a kid, when I got into music, you'd buy music magazines, guitar magazines. It was buying gear that he had made. Right. Boston were already a legacy act. Sure. Because things moved a little quicker in those Wait, days. They yeah. put you in the legacy quickly. <laughs> yeah. Their first album was about seven years old when right. I'm reading this stuff. The and day it came out, it was seven years we, old. We may as well have been talking about Bill Haley in the comments. It's so funny you say that because I feel the same way. Like yeah. in, in mid-80s, I remember that. I think it was called The Rockman, the Tom Schultz yeah, Rockman, right. forgive I think me. you're right. And it was a little amp thing you could hold and you plugged in and you sound exactly like More Than Feeling Guitar. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was kind of a cool pedal. And you it was too of, can be Weezer. Yeah, no, it was really cool though, you yeah. know? Uh, and, and I was thinking this is 84, 85 and I was in like, you know, music, uh, some music store and I'm like, wow, Boston, that's an old classic group and that, was, that would have been seven years earlier. I know. I've said this so many times but Sex Pistols to me was classic rock. Guns and Roses are name dropping them, and Duff's name dropping Sid Vicious. And I go, well, of course I'll love that. And yeah. I pick up Nevermind the Bullocks, and I'm like, this is so slow. Yeah, Have they not invented distortion pedals yet. What are you guys even talking about? You see, I was old enough to remember when it came out. Yeah. So I was I was hit by the the there's an F word on there, uh, and, and just the attitude. I, you know what I mean? It was something yeah. so different. It came out in the, in the I love disco music. I was a disco guy. Disco's awesome. I love to revise my history and say I was always into Zeppelin and Aerosmith. I loved disco. And then I heard, and I went straight to the Sex Pistols and went, oh my God, what is this? It's a revolution. You stick me on a desert island and tell me you're going to leave me with the complete disco discography <laughs> or the complete <laughs> classic punk discography, and that's not a difficult conver- decision for me. I can't even argue, and I love punk. Yeah. It's a huge part of my DNA. We're, <laughs> we're like, disco's not a huge part of my creative DNA, but no. it's a huge part of my lifestyle, my, my life DNA. It feels good. I mean? It feels, feels good. really fucking it feels, good. It feels good. Do it. You know dance the old music, adage. Dance music made by human beings has but got something. But Euro cool. dance, I never got into. It's no. just taking me across the pond too quickly. And anything you need, like a massive amount of drugs, too, it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Okay, so we're not talking about like the new wave, new romantic. You're talking about the doof. doof I'm talking doof, about doof. that 90s, you know, La Bouche, and the rhythm, and yeah, like real McCoy stuff. Like yeah. that stuff that I play all the time in Mark McGrath's right. 120. Yeah. That stuff never really spoke to me. Once music started to be made, not by individuals or bands, but by factories yeah. or organizations. <laughs> right. Or guys that barely speak English. So they, yeah. like Eiffel 65, I'm 
blue, bada beedy baloo. Yeah. He goes, I'm with the man who's coming to your house to come over and have party. I'm blue, ba ba ba. And you're like, wow. Yeah. There's just zero, zero soul in this thing. But I get it. You, you know, know uh, Underworld ever do anything for you? Underworld did a lot for me, especially with the train spotting movie. Okay. Yeah. Those. those 90 seconds to two minutes of the good part of that song is one of the greatest pieces of music I've ever heard. And then they just do a a bass drum for six minutes afterwards. (laughs) And I'm like, who... Who likes the first bit that still likes this bit? <laughs> Go back. Go, yeah. By the way, start with the bad bit first. Don't start, you know, don't lead off with your home run hitter. I know. You know? But it also felt so good in that movie. And, there, that you know, that's yeah. probably the only dance track that's ever moved me. I mean, Prodigy has some songs that move me. If you consider them a dance band. Yeah. I mean, I, I consider them more of a rock and roll band. But that Underworld song, it's just, it's just something, there's a, it gives you the feels. Did you ever hear of the act that they were before they were Underworld? I've just recently. Was it Lords of, who, who, was, who was it? They're called Fur. Fur. <laughs> I think How they may have spelled? been F R E U R. I think they may have been one of these bands that dabbled in the lane of. It's your nab. We don't have no. We don't have a name. Like we just, you can just call us like. Right. That's fine. We don't right. care. And finally, we're like when, a symbol. Like yeah. The, and yeah. when they put the, la- the 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 record out, the label's like, well, we gotta write something. And they're right. like, well, then write. <laughs> I think that might actually be the story. I am not familiar with. Dude, <laughs> has, has one song called "Doot Doot." That's and, not the trio song. Uh, oh, doot, no, doot. no, 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 uh, no. Doot, doot. Yeah. Oh, that song. Boo. It's a big K-Rock song. This song's fucking incredible. This song is a huge song. Doot, doot. This did not make it to the East Coast. This was gigantic out here. Okay. This, this is going back to the argument. This is Underworld. I didn't know this became Underworld. I, I'm listening to this and I'm like, because you, you can do this. A little bit. I'm like, wow, I kind of get an Underworld thing. It's like sounds like Underworld meets OMD. I was going to say OMD exactly because that's yeah. when this came out during yes. that period. They were swinging for the OMD Heaven 17 fences back then. Oh, Heaven 17. I listened to a live recording of them recently. Did you really? A little bit why? better. A little bit better on tape. I was going to say, why? <laughs> <laughs> so they graduated, got a little older, and said, yeah. We're Underworld now. Yeah. That I am ashamed of myself for not knowing that because I love that dude. It's a song. fucking great song. And you know what? The album is very good top to bottom. Which, is it really? Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. They're a fun band. They kind of had a weird, like, this is our kind of westerny yeah. OMD song. They they put some thought into everything. And as I've mentioned to you a couple times recently, this is my fun nowadays. I don't listen to music so much because I love it. It's like visiting a museum. I'm just like, oh, let me see what those guys were all about. Let me I listen to it once, and I go, oh, that's kind of cool. And very rarely do I find that they're, the albums hold up even if I love the song. It's, right. it's just, you know, oh, they had one good song. They must have had another one. And you go, no, they actually really just had the one good song. But you gave me a good tip the last time you were here, that Edie Brickell album. Top to bottom. It's fucking strong. Really good album. Really strong. And I'd heard it. I knew those songs yeah. somehow. I, I told you you'd know more than you thought you did. Remember? And it's a testament to it because I do not recall. It wasn't like, a, oh, yeah, my girlfriend. I didn't realize that that was blah, blah, blah when I was listening to it in 91 or whatever. I don't know where I've heard those songs before, which tells me I heard most of those songs once or twice. And they've been somewhere in my brain this Definitely. entire time. That record was so big. Very good. It was an explosion then. That, that band was superstar status and just went away. I Literally, know. she married Paul Simon and said, "I'm done." Thanks, but they guys. did make a follow up. They made a follow up, but it, it did like you know, it did it, like you said, everybody writes their best. You know, their mm-hmm. debut record is their best. That's a solid debut record. Speaking of debut records, that's a terrific. The guitar player is amazing. It's amazing, and, and unlike a lot of '80s uh, records, and you and I have talked about this before. When you revisit some of these '80s classics, you forget how shitty the production was. Yes, you know what I mean. You're like, wow. You know, I mean, I just I Flesh for Lulu. I love this band, Flesh for Lulu. Postcard. Mm-hmm. I go crazy from the. Uh, I go crazy when I'm without you. I know you know that. And there, there, there are these kind of Lords of New Church pop band from England, if you will. Okay. Great look, great drama, great look. Uh, lots of leather. But lots of leather. So I revisited them. You don't know Chinese, baby. Chinese kid. You know this. Come on. This might be another K-Rock thing. It's from the movie Some Kind of Wonderful. Which I watched again recently, because I don't know what the hell's going on with me. You can get down with this. Dude, this is top ten. This is is huge. 
very uh that OMD thing was kind of in there. Everybody very, very got into crooning. It, 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 that total like like yeah. little affected lyric like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost in the psychedelic furs thing. Not very quite. much though. Very much psychedelic furries. But they were like late 80s, so they were competing with the hair metal bands and stuff like that. So they had an image of like leather and rough and biker. But I went and revisited Flesh for Lulu uh, recently because I love the band. They've got a great pedigree of where all the members came from. And some of the production is just so thin and, yeah. and tinty like we were just hearing I but know. i can't believe you don't know that song that was a top 10 song in america really i go crazy okay well that can segue us into our topic for today oh this topic yeah <laughs> you know i, was gonna I could talk one. to you all day about nothing i know next time because i start talking. i spent like two hours yesterday sitting here making oh there's the link to that and that's make great. sure you started at 12 seconds because that's where the lyric, the vocal comes in next time just write down five songs you want to talk about it would save me a lot of time well i think the reason why this show works at all mike though is because the that product the uh, the preparation you do do you make it seem easy dude so i uh, i appreciate that now you know if we had no net it'd probably be like um, blah, 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 you know we'd be done in five seconds i don't know about that i agree i'd, I'd be curious <laughs> it's kind of you to say but i think we both know you're lying just have a potpourri show okay potpourri I, I love that i love that so i want to take another look at the one hit wonders and their failed and or forgotten follow-up singles and here's something that i came across with this batch more than any other batch of these that i put together before at least that i can recall a lot of these bands that i considered one hit wonders did have successful follow-up songs some of which i just forgot about or didn't know was the same artist some of which turns out were like top 10 hits that i have no recollection of whatsoever so how are we how are we sort of qualifying these? Okay. Are these are we familiar with the song? Mm-hmm. Are, were they are we going to do Billboard Hot 100? Like what is the okay. qualification? So I'm going to say again failed and forgotten, which is to say that some of these may have snuck up to number eighteen or something gotcha. like that. But I would argue made no imprint on the on the culture, or little to none. These are all songs and acts from the 1990s. This time. So I would expect that you are going to no pressure, but you're going to bat a thousand on these. Oh no no no! You can't do that to me, dude. <laughs> you cannot do that to me. Some guy was giving you a hard time gonna, on Twitter, so I decided to. Oh, I, I I get a hard time on Twitter all day. That's that's like, come on, that's where I live. <laughs> Isn't that what Twitter's for? <laughs> so here's one that I that I, I just scribble these down as I go through my life, going, oh yeah, well, what about so and so? They didn't have another song, and then I love it. I forgot Sophie B. Hawkins got a second hit. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this, too. It's a fucking great song. It's a big song. It was number nine. Was it bigger than... Uh, Damn, Wish I Was Your yeah. Lover? I don't think so. I think that was number one. I think it was, too. I got some memories. Huge song. Come on. Great melody. You can't get down with this. I can't get down with you. Listen to the Enya. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Listen to the Enya backing vocals on that. You know, it's just it's just sweet. It's 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 pretty. It's, it's a lullaby. Really, it's really really nice. It's a really beautiful song, and I'm realizing more and more. And you've been banging this drum for a while. There was a lot more to to '90s pop than I gave it credit for at the time because I was getting to a certain age. Where of I'm course. like, yeah, that's cute, whatever. But have you heard the London Suede? Of course. And well, when music stops becoming your lifestyle, and yeah. you can just enjoy it for what it is. I, yeah. It opens up a world of possibilities. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're in high school, you, you put the Clash and Sex Pistols or whatever on your, or the damned on your peachy folders. At least I did. I'm dating myself. But you, you, it's representing you on the outside. You know, you can't tell people you love that Air Supply song you just heard, you know. And once you get to a certain age, you're like, it's just music. It's all great. The yeah. guys at Air Supply used to hang out with the guys in the damned. Really? You know what I mean? So you figure it all out as you get older. The damned like, are just going back out on a tour they have a new single they, they just don't stop the damned mm-hmm. have been playing consistently for for 40 years and and you know the, to me the beatles of punk rock they're very good i think their stuff has aged very very well smash it up part two is pretty incredible there is machine gun etiquette records great their debut records fantastic mm-hmm. but new rose neat 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 and all that stuff yeah, insanity clause yeah it's just great. I mean, Disco Man, they've got such an incredible catalog, The Damned. They're untouchable more, yeah. in punk rock. The Clash, obviously, you know, had made so many records. The Pistols made one really record. Uh, you know, but in terms of having quality of material, The Damned is, un- is untouchable. You can, in my in my personal opinion, really split those classic punk acts in half between the ones who had a sound and an attitude and ones who really had songs. I'm just not going to argue with people about the Ramones. I don't think Blitzkrieg Bop is the most profound piece of music that has ever been written. I get it. I wasn't there. It was amazing. You have to understand what it meant to all of us. 
the damned wrote songs. Yeah. The Clash wrote songs. Exactly. The Ramones never, ever, ever made that leap to writing anything with any level of sophistication. And maybe that's what makes them great to millions of people, and that's wonderful. But the damned get lost in this shuffle a whole lot, and they're a, a real high echelon. I'd rather... Again, leave me on a desert island with greatest hits. I'll take the Damned over the Sex Pistols or the Ramones. Oh, sure, sure. Well, the Ramones are the ACDC of punk rock. You that's know, fair. You, that's you, a great you way know, of saying you it. You know what you get from them. But I'll tell you this. The Damned and the Clash will both tell you the Ramones absolutely influenced all their songwriting right. and all their styles. Mm-hmm. So, which is interesting. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's all cyclical. It's all cyclical. I thought that this act was a one-hit wonder. This is a top ten hit, too. This was not a top ten song. There's no way. I'll look it up again. This is Hanson. That, that little Muppet sure could sing. That, that really talented band. I mean, if, go YouTube them now. They're just a really great band. They got lost in the whole teen thing, but like, I okay. don't, there's no way that was a top ten song. I was there. I knew. I was fighting for chart space for those kids then. Okay, I know. Okay, extended plays, single. Mm, bop, number one in the U.S. And around the world. And Where's the love does not chart. Yes. I will come to you, number nine. That- so says Wikipedia. Nothing, 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 and then this time around hits number 20, and that is the end of chart success for the Hanson brothers, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crowdsourced. It's, We've it's, learned a lot about the crowd in these last few years. We do indeed. Uh, certainly, they're very, very vocal and very uh, <laughs> not always right. <laughs> and Wikipedia, uh, much of everybody's chagrin and, and disbelief is not always correct. And l- listen, people can fudge numbers. Maybe you got to number nine in airplay on a station or something. It seems kind of broad. Does it say it was number one, uh, number nine in the Hot 100, Tully? I will come That's the to Bible you. For- reach number five on the UK singles chart and number nine on the US Billboard Hot 100. There you go. I stand correct. And I'm, by the I don't way, think I've ever heard that song might, before. Might be the greatest example of a top 10 song. I would bet, I would have bought my, bet you my house that I have heard every top 10 song from the 90s. Right. I would, because, because if that means it got played for multiple weeks on the radio, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, someday it got to number six. Okay. Just to show you, for example, I mean, people are very familiar with the Sugar Ray song someday. Mm-hmm. So that Hanson song got to number nine. So it got played a lot. Mm-hmm. It was on the radio for weeks and weeks and weeks. I feel like I've never heard that song. I know. Maybe it was a regional thing. I don't. I don't it was know. Label how. bought. Maybe it's finessed. I, I don't know. I'm confused because I literally have never heard that, and I was fighting for chart space at that time. So it was my business yeah. to know what the hell Hanson was doing. That's I, the best example of that. Yeah. I would have told you that PM Dawn was a one-hit wonder. Oh, they had two. They had a uh, they yeah set adrift and. I like that adrift. That's right. true. Is it my turn? They actually get three hits. They did. They did. This is the other big one. It's on the movie, right? It's from a movie. Well, like Belly or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like waiting to. You know. I don't even know what Belly is. I just feel like everything. It's every the greatest song, movie of all time. Is it? I feel like every song was on the Belly soundtrack. Belly was it on is the Mallrat so... soundtrack? <laughs> Empire Records. Oh, soundtrack? Empire Records soundtrack. <laughs> the famous soundtrack without a movie with Jim Jim Blossoms and all that. PM uh, Dawn highly. Highly criminally overlooked and underrated band to me. I, I just love the production of their records. Mm-hmm. I, I, I that still feels fresh today. I agree with that, and that one actually is a little bit more impressive than Set Adrift because Set Adrift they were just they were just yeah. sitting back and relaxing on the the awesome sample that they'd selected. Sure, absolutely. Those, which was a hit what? song. Again, seemed like a million years ago. They were sampling a song that had been a hit like nine years ago. Was it that many? I think that was 92 when it came out. Okay. Not, you know, so so I think True came out 83, 84. So right. e- either way, I feel the same way you did. I felt like they sampled that 30 years ago. I, I felt like the sample back then yeah. came from 30 years ago. Yeah, they're so. bringing it back. But yeah, and then the piano in here is very musical, this song. Yeah. You know, and that's that's one, you know, if you're using a sample and it's very musical to me, that means it's very creative and, and great. Whereas like Tone Log takes a wild thing. That's great. Sounds cool. But there's a lot of creativity in this. There's a lot of musicality to the, the sample usage and what okay. the, and, and the uh, and the melody he's uh, incorporating. I don't feel like we need to disparage Tone Loke to appreciate PM Dawn. Because I love I don't Tone Loke. I don't know who sampled the Tone Loke thing. 
But I think that's a very clever sample. It was the uh, Ross brothers over uh, the Dyke the Dyke brothers over at uh, Delicious Vinyl. Did you ever go to Delicious Pizza? One of them transitioned into pizza. <laughs> it's awesome. It's very good pizza. Is it? Is where is it? They got a couple locations. Is that the same logo like Delicious yes. Pizza? Oh. Instead of a guy eating vinyl, now it's just a guy eating a slice of pizza. Did you get a T-shirt? Uh, I I like live there. It's it's by my house. I, How do I not know? I this? go there a lot, oh, dude. On the sat on Saturdays, they have a, a bouncy house outside. We bring the uh, brought, brought the kid down the the other day, and he got a thumbtack in his foot. You got to like, be kidding me! No, for real. Did you... I mean, it's this is hip hop pizza. You got to take, <laughs> yeah. take, take, take it as <laughs> it comes. Good with the bad. <laughs> Does Young MC ever show up? And like, do they play the uh, delicious vinyl catalog? Yeah, it's very. There's that's all fantastic. there's all memorabilia on the oh, walls. Great. It's great. The food's really good too. It's it's cool. Oh, I, that's I. I, I but I would never listen to. Jamie's crying and go, there's a hit song in Mow Mow. Right. So I respect it's a different it's not talent, it's taste. I think I I I, I did not explain myself well. I, I, I really like the musicality of using a sample like that. Mm-hmm. You can't just go, wow, dang, over it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, you okay. really have to deliver. He's delivering a melody. Uh, my turn, yeah, it's a great uh, hook. Yeah, I mean he's not even rapping, he's singing. So mm-hmm. that, that's that's my point. I the see. Wild Thing Loop was one of the greatest tracks of all time. Really smart. You know, and a great way to comment, you know, to incorporate Van Halen and hip hop. And that was early too. Mm-hmm. Well, hip hop was still new. Yep. You know, they hadn't really gone number one yet. I think Tone Loke might have the first number one single. Or it might have been Vanilla Ice. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know that the first Grammy for hip hop performance or something went to Millie Vanilli. Oh, that's sad. Because they dropped and some- And it quickly got taken away. Because they dropped some funky rhymes and right, right. you know it's true. <laughs> I am German and you are from French. Uh, I would have told you before I started doing homework for this that the Escape Club were a one-hit wonder. Only Wawa Wild West. You cannot tell me differently. There's no way. I gotta wait for the chorus in this one. We might be there, unfortunately. Boy, they took a left turn from Wild Wild West, didn't it? This is off of like an album or two later. It's not even fun. And then they're gonna rip off the Jackson Five for the hook. Literally, Do it's they... called "I'll Be There." Guess what the hook is? I'll be there. I've never, ever heard this song again. Nor have I. So Give me the chart position. Wild Wild West was number one. A number one song yep. in the very late eighties, like eighty nine or something like that. They yeah. have some weird distinction where they're from the UK. They're the only UK band that ever had like a top 10 hit in America without charting in the UK. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. There's something weird like because the UK was like, are you fucking kidding me? First of all, it's an Elvis Costello song. Yeah, right, right. And then who the fuck is this clown? He's like a a shampoo commercial version (laughs) of Anthony (laughs) Kiedis. What are we doing here? (laughs) Which They're pretending they're Mexican. What is this? There was a lot of those information society, yeah. you know, uh, you know, escape club type of like, are we a rock band? Or are we a dance band? It was a weird time. The mm-hmm. transition from the late like I said, 80s. there's a lot of organizations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I please give me the number this song got to. Okay, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. I'll be there. Is the second single from English pop rock band The Escape Club. So it was third, a follow third album. Oh. This is this is not the the direct oh, gotcha, single. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, so gotcha. I think Wild Wild West is the first one. Then they have a flop album, and then here in the nineties in ninety one, heading for the nineties, mm-hmm. as we all knew they were absolutely as far back as Wild Wild West. There they were arriving with the third album, Dollars and Sex, released in nineteen ninety one. It reached number eight on the Hot One Hundred. There is no way in hell it did. <laughs> I don't know. I no, don't. I'm telling you, man. Bro, I know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's no way two of these songs. I, I, I that Hanson song. I know, and this song. Not only am I not familiar with, I've never heard. I was in the business then. I know, fully aware of everything around me, competing against these people. That's like saying, you know, Tom Brady doesn't know his quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. It is like saying that. I looked these guys up. I know because you did. Therefore, my one hit wonder bit, like. I'm blo- Listen, I this is why this bit is so great. I, my my mind, you know, my wig is on the floor. I am blown away. I want somebody to tell me that I'm wrong because- Me too. I take a weird sort of pride in having a pretty decent musical memory. And even when I was listening to hair metal and Nirvana and 
you know, Oasis or Suede or whatever the big English band du jour was back then, I still knew what was going on in, in pop music. You couldn't escape it back well, then. You watched MTV, you watched VH1, you know, I mean, yeah. you, you, you watch those things. And like a number nine single, okay, I've got, I, here, here's my question for you. All right. Show me the video to that right now. Oh, I watched it. They're all underwater. So there is a video. There's a video. Does it look like there's a lot of production on the video? Not particularly. It looks like they told the drummer to hold his breath and hit the drum <laughs> as many times as he could before he had to go back up to the surface. We and know about like the a, underwater video. I think. That... And there's like a mermaid lady swimming around them. So there's a video that looks like it cost some money then. Yeah. Because there's no way they would have made a video. They wouldn't have made a video if it was top ten. There's no way they. There's would've. a video. I mean, bands used to make videos yeah. before the record even came out. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of how the single did, we're making a video, and you know that's it's what just we're part doing. of the package. Of yeah. Course. Now you make a video if your song's in the top five. You know, it's crazy. It's it's completely been reversed. Uh, so, I, dude, I again, I this is this is why it's such a great theme because mm-hmm. my mind is blown away. Yeah. I I feel I feel worthless. I feel. That I'm a, a liar, that I'm not the three-time Rock and Roll Jeopardy champion. I'm going to bring you back up because I got an easy one for you. Okay. Now we are into bands that I consider one-hit wonders that I I do not consider to have had a follow-up album, and nor does Wikipedia consider them to have had. A, I'm sorry, a follow-up single. I've mentioned this before, and I finally got an opportunity to play one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite albums. Everybody can think of me what they will. <laughs> I love you you for loving this. Do you know this song? I I, I know the band, of course. I remember this. They made a video for this. Yeah, they they had two other singles. The other one did a little better than this one, but this is the follow-up. This, of course, is the Crash Test Dummies. Now, oh, we missed the hook, the best part. Go ahead. Beautiful. Play, play, play. No, that's the, that's the did, sample. Did you ever see them live? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. Could he deliver oh my God, yeah. those low notes? That's oh, he was great. No, so that's, he, that was his li- natural place to live. He lives in that space. Great. They were on Saturday Night Live, and they, did, they were a very good band. They yeah. could perform reliably album perfect versions of their of their songs their drummer was incredible their bass player was incredible and he, they were Mumford and Sons before Mumford and Sons they had like play, he just it was so sticky he really did mandolins and stuff did he make the faces and stuff he like, made the faces they had at least three songs in that album that started with there was a boy right. like oh, he didn't listen. he didn't just do go that to, go to the well if it's that good was to you, the you know? next single off the next album had there was a boy <laughs> he really I knew a lot of did he more birthmarks and okay. a lot of, but yeah, it really Canadians, was Canadians, man. Canadians. He, I think this one was stuff. a kid who really liked to uh, tie the string around his tooth, tooth and, and slam pull. a door and, and pull it. Like, I mean, I'm telling <laughs> wow. you, he really lived there. But to me, it was like a, it worked every single time. Just do another one like that. They were really good live. I saw him maybe touring their, well, their fourth album, which was their, this, the second after the successful one because they'd had one minor hit before that and uh, I thought it was safe to take my mom to see the crash test dummies mm-hmm. and instead the they'd loosened up their image a little bit by then he was making jokes about fucking cows or horses he or was? Something. yeah Tell you might be the only person I know that is a Crash Test Dummies fan. Admitted Crash yeah. Test Dummies fan. I don't think there's a whole lot of people who are keeping that under wraps. I, I don't. I don't think, think so there's either. a secret society no. of people who love the Crash Test Dummies. They're still just, playing. Yeah, I just saw they came through recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I was reading on. Uh, I think they played the Roxy or something. You know, that sounds about right. It was a really, really, really good band. I, I am the uh, rhythm section was was impeccable. Yeah, if well, you can't if you can't deal with the songs, then that's not going to get you anywhere. But well, they were doing the mandolins and and like you know a violins and you know uh, 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 unconventional instrumentation way before anybody else. Well, was. what they did is they had him on guitar and vocals, bass player, drummer, lady doing the Enya backup vocals, uh-huh. the and and keyboards. And then there's a guy who just played like dobro, no, mandolin. No, it was just mouth stuff. If you what? actually listen to a lot of their stuff, things that you think are like a subtle organ in the background is actually him just like on a harmonica. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Yeah, no, no, no. I always really love that. This is another subgenre, subgenre of bands that I enjoy, where they have the guy that it seemed funny when you formed the band to have him in the band, but now you've actually got to start divvying up the money and you have to decide. <laughs> Are we really going to keep giving this guy one fifth of everything? Right. Like the, the mighty mighty the boss tones with the dancing, the dancing guy. guy. Yeah, I know. I had to, absolutely. That's by the way, he's huge part of their whole image and thing. Yeah. And I promise, you, if you're a fan and you you go see them, he's not there. You're going to be bummed. Right. But I promise you, if you're dicky and you're going, all right, let's split this up twelve yeah. ways. All right. <laughs> I mean, there's ninety five guys in the boss tones. Yeah. And you're like, man, 
But I'll tell you what, that guy that guy dances his ass off. He, sells he like, it. does not stop. Oh, so. He does work. But imagine when they go make a record. All right, dude, we'll call you when we're touring. You know? Right? What does he? Do? I don't think he even sings a backup note. I don't think. Did he? Did he? He doesn't even run over to a mic and do that. I, I don't. He may. He may do it for effect. But I, I just thought. I just remember this guy dancing in a suit on the Warp Tour in 1997. We were on it, and he just was relentless, and he'd be sweating mess, mm-hmm. and he was just on it. He just didn't stop. You got to do the backup vocals if you're up there on stage. There was a band I still listen to. Uh, very rough recordings left behind by the Glamour Punks from Glamour LA. Punks. Uh, like this, it got too late. Came in too late. Fucking really, really, really Great good. Band. They could have sold half their catalog to Green Day and nobody would have known. Without the a doubt. Fucking perfect little pop songs this guy was was writing. Was but- it Christy Kelly in that band? Who, who was in the Glamour Punks? Oh, the drummer died, I think. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Christy uh, <laughs> Everybody had the same. You mean Carrie Kelly? Carrie Kelly, Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly's Big Bang Babies. Okay. Who, who, who was in... Who was in uh, oh, God. It was like... Glamour Punks. I, Pepper Stevens or something. Uh, He's pe- got pe- punky, Twist punky, punky, whatever. Punky. Yeah, I forget. Because I know he just re-recorded... <laughs> That's so sad. I know. He just re-recorded all their old stuff because uh-huh. the recordings are so bad. And, and I've been looking for a good copy of them for years. Turns out there is no good copy of the Glamour right, Punks. So right. I'm like, oh, he re-recorded it. But like he just did it in his apartment with the drum machine. It's unlistenable. So I do know his he he's got a name i would know if you if you said it but they, they had, were the real deal too they go on tour and yeah. there's some videos i believe the drummer passed away i don't i, I mm-hmm. forgive me if i'm wrong uh uh but there was all this video footage of them like in a van touring and like they're like like living in spandex and just doing Wait, it so hard again is that big bang babies or is that glamour punks because big bang babies i always heard carrie kelly's mom was rich and bought them a tour Bus. No, this was this was this this glamour, was punks? glamour okay. punks, and they, they they were gnarly, uh, and and they came in at the tail end mm-hmm. of the L.A. hair stuff. I remember them seeing them in Rock City News, which was the bible out here for all things hair metal uh, during the late '80s, early '90s, and they came in the tail end. They had this gigantic image of like giant hair, but it was like it was kind of like Sig Sig Sputnik, but of their early '90s and anarchy and glamour punks. So they kind of got stuck in that whole world. Turns out they can write great songs, mm-hmm. and then they try to transition to the punk thing which was what they were what they were doing anyway yeah they were never a hair metal they were more of a punk rock band but they got lost in the imagery so people wouldn't touch them this is the re-recording because this is listenable it's a big guitar sound give me that all day yeah this is not the original recording Great vocal. People look at me and say, well, he's the type of guy. They're a fucking great band. Really, really Love the good attitude. Just, just like, if someone could produce that and reel it in and sonically make it perfect, I don't know. But that's that's a band that's got lost. So many great bands just got lost. Great songs. It just didn't happen for. You know, that is Los Angeles. That is the music business, you know? Yes. And some bands had huge top ten hits, even though they were absolutely <laughs> terrible. I know. Because You're they were in position. Oh, come on. <laughs> you are no this guy. So I would be impressed if you can figure out the um, the artist behind this failed follow-up single. Or if you stay, you know the sun is gonna rise. Could sing. Mm-hmm. Sure could. Is this gonna be the primitive radio gods? No, I should have put them on though. Still be Did they have another song other than Is this the, Sean Mullins? Nope. This is one of the biggest Even stars of all time. And yet somehow, still well, a one-hit wonder. One of the biggest music stars of all time? Mm-hmm. At one point, may have arguably been the biggest music star of all time. And yet somehow, a one-hit wonder. What am I doing here? <laughs> Solve the puzzle. Well, now, now I'm mad at myself. I... Please, please okay. tell me. This track is really hard to track down. I think that's the original version of the follow-up single to the sole top 10 hit from Chris Gaines. Ah, Chris Gaines. Yes. Otherwise known as? Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Oh, my God. Dude, my friends and I were just talking about mm-hmm. where did the uh, Chris Gaines behind the music go? Do you remember you there was can't a find be- it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was going to be a movie, right? Right. The, the behind the music was the prelude to the movie. He's like, man, then I got really into like taking sleeping pills, or he had to give some weird dark backstory to justify well, and his got eye a car makeup. crash and all oh, that. Was there? And, and did you know my dad called me and goes, oh, I saw this this thing last night. You're not going <laughs> to believe it. And he goes, this guy that I can't remember his name. He goes, oh, you're going to know the guy for sure. They made a behind the music about it. Yeah. And so he didn't know this was a false, fake persona that right. that Garth Brooks created. I think Garth Brooks also wanted to have hair. 
Yes. And kind of look sexy. Totally. And this was a great way. The same way Blink-182 wanted to look cute as a boy band in all the small things. Uh-huh. They did it by making fun of the boy bands. It right. was a perfect, perfect. It was a cover. It was a perfect cover to do that. Yeah. And they did it well. That's, I think, Garth, that's what Chris Gaines was to Garth Brooks. I'm going to be sexy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my hair down. And if it works, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Be- yeah, yeah. It, it, it's Bono putting on the fly guy glasses. That's I, right. I'm tired of my humble shtick. That's right. I'm a fucking rock I'm star. A fucking rock star. And that's part of me. That's who I am. Yeah. I just got. I've just got. You know. I got. You know. I. I, I was manifested into Garth Brooks. But I want to see if I can fly with this uh, look, this attitude. Yeah. And we immediately all laughed out loud. Because he didn't have the personal charisma to even attempt to pull something like that off. Not at all. I don't know. Who could have, but he, I could have told you for sure, was not the guy. Especially at the time when you were the biggest star in the world. You're going to yeah. take a right turn this way. But the interesting is, I've seen every behind the music a hundred million times. I think he bought back all that stuff. I could see it. The album's, the album's not easy to, to find. I did not find like an official music video for it's that. It's not on iTunes Everything or else I've been yeah. playing off of music sites. That yeah. I just What I just played is off of YouTube. I have to take YouTube's word for it that yeah. that was right. the Chris. It, it's actually, it says Garth Brooks, not, Garth Brooks, not Chris Gaines. And I also find it remarkable that for all of the window dressing that was so dramatically changed, how different is that song from stock Garth Brooks? He's not laying into the country twang, but not it's not radically. It's not, it's not a rock song. At, at its at its core, it could have been a country song right. for sure. Add yeah. add a little mandolin and flavor, and a, yeah. a, a shuffle. Get the guy from the crash test dummies. Going, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you're in. So it's interesting. I mean, that's what country. I mean, country today is just the rock stars of today. Country music. There, there is, you know, all these guys. You know, they're 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 just doing they're doing rock music. They're the rockers, like uh, you country. know, Eric Church. Um, uh, you know, uh, Jason Aldean, uh, yeah. Brad Paisley. They're just rockers, dude, in a, in a cowboy hat. You know. Uh, I would go a little bit further than that. I feel like country music nowadays is it's kind of like the the Pat Boone thing where there was there were sounds in music that were obviously appealing to a lot of people, but they were a little too risque. Yeah, for white kids. Yeah, right. I hear. And so Pat Boone was the guy who would do the watered down saccharine version of yep. it. Pop country is because I was listening to a thing. Some guy's performing live, and he's just like, "Okay, throw your hands in the air if you just don't care." And I'm yeah. like, "It's like you, they'll they'll take any trope from anywhere, and incorporate they'll it just it. whitewash it and incorporate it into an '80s pop song, and throw a cowboy hat on top of it, and now all of a sudden, all of the the brown influence." Right. Has been cut out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people are rapping now. I mean, look at look at yeah, this. I know. Nas X, Country Road is a country song. Right. You know? I well, mean, that's a deeply subversive thing that he. Yeah, but there's another guy co- coming up next called Blanco or something. Or okay. A song oh, called yeah, the Giddy Up. One. There is another and one. And it's a gigantic hit song. It's like number 15 right now. Can I play this? You're, of course, going to know this. I think for some weird reason, I recall this failed follow up single, despite the fact that I think it peaked at number 47 on the charts. Can I go back to Chris Gaines real quickly? Please. It was Chris Gaines on the cover of Rolling Stone? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I want to say it was. I mean, there was a whole coordinated, yeah. perfect storm of, of Chris Gaines. We're going to make yeah. this guy a star. He we had, have a Beyond he the had, Music. He passed the Beatles in, in album sales. Yeah, exactly. Nothing he was doing exactly. was small. No, exactly. So I yeah. think there was a, a coordinated attack to make this a real thing. And I think if, I don't think he was going to do it as a one-off. I mean, he wanted to oh, have, really? I think that one, he wanted to maybe dance between both. Oh, you wow. Know? Maybe. Because, you know, when you get that status, you're like, I can do anything. Yeah. You're a golden you know, god. I'm Garth Brooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, and, except that. <laughs> as long as you're going back, let me go back to the glamour punks really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. hate it when I listen to a show and somebody brings something up, and you're sorry, like, "Why guys. the fuck did you sorry. bring that up?" No, no, no. I forgot. It's passion, it's I, 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 no, no. It's, it's all me. It's this is this is sick baby man talking. Um, <laughs> you were talking about the Boston guy that danced the glamour punks before that. Actually, maybe around the same time, had a guy who was supposed to be like an insane dude. He was. He looked like a crash test dummy. And he would be in a cage, and he'd spend the whole show trying to get out of the cage, except for when he stopped to sing backup vocals. You're kidding me. Such a great gimmick. That's the greatest gimmick of all yeah. time. But not as Punk, good as the greatest gimmick of all time, Punk Rock Stanley Day. from Life, Sex, and Death. I know, and people always tell me, you got to go listen. It's actually pretty good. The, 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 the album was amazing. The players are unbelievable. Uh-huh. And the commitment this guy, Stanley, <laughs> had to being this guy yeah. is unreal. Because I had a band, that, uh, it's a band called Extra Large out of Orange County. They had a record deal with Josh Free was on, was on drums with them sure. back in the day. And um, they opened for LSD on tour. And he would he would poop in a Gatorade jar and keep, keep with them in the back seat of the van. And he was the real deal. I mean, he went... Wait, he he went the extra, character off stage? Yeah. He went the extra mile when he didn't have to. That's my point. Oh, he my... Stunk. I did not know that. Oh, I took a plane with him once to New York, and he just smelled, and he just... He, he, he committed to that, whatever it was, 
uh, you know, a full bore. For 100%. people who don't know, this is the tail end of hair metal. People are running scared. They're trying to figure out how they can still be hair metal, but not sunset strip golden gods and not be embarrassing without the image. Yeah, on yeah. on on. Well, the rest of the band pretty much looked like a hair metal band. Yeah, didn't they? this guy Alex Kane, a great guitar player, had had like the long hair, and the other yeah. guys did too. So this guy was supposed to be like a crazy homeless guy? homeless guy. His thing was I'm a homeless stick, and he wore a big trench coat, right? And he had like Buddy Holly glasses with tape on them, and they right. were kind of askew on his head, right. and he's always revenge, greasy. Revenge Style, exactly, right? and he smelled like a sewer. And didn't they have a bit where every show he would like have forgotten to take his meds and yes. he'd go crazy? Yeah, absolutely, and he'd climb up the rafters and he would he'd do these like weird faces yeah. and like make these weird gestures. And it was the most compelling thing I've ever seen. I got to see them live mm-hmm. in a club called Bogarts here in Long Beach, and I, I I'm still my life is ruined from seeing that show. It was so amazing, but the music was like Queen. Yeah. It was like four-part harmonies. Right, I gotta go give them it was there, LSD, like, Life, Sex, and Death. Life, Sex, and Death. That's Indeed. right. LSD. Incredible. Band. Okay. Failed follow-up single, Forever Superstars in My Heart. Okay, maybe I remember this song. Yeah, yeah. This. It, it's the brand new heavies, right? This is D-Light. Oh, it's D-Light. It's D-Light. The follow-up to Groove is the, in the Heart. This was a hit. I remember this. I think, I've heard this. See, I think this song may have gotten a push on MTV. It, did, it definitely got an MTV because push. They're they're a cool downtown limelight New York band. MTV is in New York. Yes. They were going to get that super duper extra. What's cool in our world it's has be to cool be made yours. cool to the rest yeah. of the world. That song peaked at number forty-seven on the charts. And You're kidding me! I think maybe the video got some play on MTV. There's maybe not a whole lot to that. It's certainly no groove is in the heart. No, it's a nice. It's something you listen to like at a coffee bar in the background. You yeah. know what I mean? It's. Uh, but yeah, I think the video had top ten love. That's why I almost remember yeah. the video. Mm-hmm. And I love that band, Delight. I love that Lady band. I love her, Lady Miss Kier. That's right. It's awesome, Dimitri. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just and remember the they had Bootsy Collins in the video, mm-hmm. and, and that was my course, introduction to him. Yeah, me too. Yeah, groove is in the heart. Yeah, um, and then uh, of course, uh, um, Q-Tip did the uh, rapping. Remember? That's right. Remember, remember and they he, just had his head in the that's video. That's right. Just had the head, and he did the uh, that, that's, that's right. That part breakdown. Yeah, a little Q-Tip. So it was real New York cool. <laughs> yeah. So MTV yes, definitely ran that video a lot. Here we go with another one-hit wonder. These guys are an unusual one-hit wonder. Oh wait, I think I'm O for all of them. <laughs> this is not an easy one, unless it is. Wait, why do I have two things playing? Sounds like Sting and Mousy Star. Here we go. Proclaimers! (laughs) Yeah, that's Scottish action. It's not Scottish, it's crap. Yes. The Proclaimer Brothers. Let me hear the uh, chorus. Let's get married. married. Let's get married. When I wake up, well, you know I'm going to be young. Right. So that song had been released in the 80s, did not do anything, was re-released in the early 90s. Was that on a soundtrack or in a movie or I something? I think it was definitely in a movie, for yeah. sure. Um, and Is that where it got a little bit of run, or did it just make another, uh, or did, did it get picked out of a movie, or did the label say, we're going to give this another shot? That's what I'm curious. I feel like there was something it was tied into, like a like a Austin Powers movie or something. Yeah, like I, I, I think you're totally right, and I, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but those guys still playing live and Twin Brothers mm-hmm. and doing like four thousand seaters in all around the UK and Europe. Good for G- them. Gigantic. Who, that, who, yeah, but who that's can that really hate that song. You're, you're an asshole if you don't like that song. I mean, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> just seriously, it's such yeah. a fun song. Here I, is a band. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's one of those. You know, in any pub. That's going to come on any Friday, Saturday night in the UK, and you're going to see a bunch of drunken, you know, punters just going, Ape shit. Let me see if we have time for one or two more. I thought that this band may have done a little damage with one of their follow-up singles, but apparently I was wrong. So 90s. So it's either EMF or EMF. Your second guess was correct. <laughs> right, the follow-up of Unbelievable. Which was gigantic. Yeah. It's a good little song. You can hear his, it's just uh, talking like that. It's going back to that Flesh for Lulu uh, mm-hmm. affectation. I'm talking like that. And I know what I want. You know what I mean? Yep. It's almost like them trying to do a surfer accent by way of UK through dance music. Which is interesting, uh, you know, there's a lot of, thing, a lot of stuff working there. I think that- the- What did that get to, Tully? 
I don't know that that charted. They had another follow-up single that I remember getting a push on MTV at least called Lies. Uh, lies was uh, lies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lies! What you said it wasn't lies. lies. That's yeah. it. What you said it wasn't lies. That was right in Jesus Jones territory, right? Speaking of which, yeah, lies made it all the way to number. You're gonna play real, 18. real. No, I'm not real. Does it feel? That's actually real? not the follow-up single. That's me. not. That was a hit song to yeah. me. That may have done a Lots little of something. MTV. Lots I know, real, of MTV. real, real. But this was the follow-up single by Jesus Jones. What's it called? International what? Bright Young Thing. Listen to that early 90s. Can we put some chorus on that chorus? <laughs> it's just one big effect. Real? Oh, you know what it is? Real, 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 believe it or not, was a single before. Before this? But no, before, before Right Here, Right Now. Oh, it was. But they must have re-released it, dude, because there's no way I heard Real, Real, Real that much and then heard know, Right Here, Right Now broke them. Okay, here no we go. Enough. Yeah, for sure. And it holds up. It's a good little song. It's a great song. It's a quick song. It's like barely over two minutes. It's one of those song two yeah. blur things. Like, what? It was released in 1990 as the first single from Doubt. This is Real, Real, Real I'm talking about just prior to the release of the album. was succeeded by the Billboard Top 10 hit Right Here, Right Now. Real, Real, Real reached a peak of number 19 on the UK singles chart. Oh, it was also their second top 10 US hit, peaking at number four on the Billboard Hot 100. That's huge. Corrected. Number yeah, four no, that's a, that's a that's a hit song. But so you say succeeded. So, so. So uh, uh, right here, right now, succeeded real, real, real. Correct. Okay. So re- my my point is they have to have re-released it. We would they have yeah, to have re-released it, it. Yeah. It can't be the first single and wasn't. then succeed right here, right now on the charts. I, I know it wasn't. Yeah. I know it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. this happens. Labels aren't that dumb. Sometimes <laughs> no, they know. No, of course. We've only got two here. They're not all idiots. No, you know, no, there's, no, no. There's, no there's, there's very smart people working on Electra labels. Records re-released. I, I used to love to watch them try with the hair metal bands. One of these days we're just going to do failed Failed hair I love that. Because it's just the rock song that they had to put out because they had to do something after Absolutely. the ballad. Absolutely. With, uh, with Faster Pussycat, Poison Ivy was yeah. the first single Poison off of Wake Me When It's Over. Ivy. And then after yeah. House of Pain hits, they re-released Poison Ivy as and if it. this is ever going to do I, I, right? anything. And then they did You're So Vain. We're gonna get That's another. their best song. They do a great version of that, man. It's terrific. That, that's not an easy one to do, either. No, and there's no other hair metal band, in my opinion, who could have done it. It's it's distinctive to his voice. He's an awesome singer. He yeah. had an awesome persona. They were an awesome band. I think the facts speak for themselves. They didn't have the greatest material. No. And it's sort of demonstrated by the fact that when you gave them a really off-kilter thing, like a Carly Simon cover they were able to they hit could that deliver out of the, yeah they, they wrote great just, songs though this is it's really weird like they i mean obviously i you know it's an amazing song yes but if you listen to first faster pussycat debut like there, there's so many good songs in that bathroom wall babylon oh, i was listening to no room for emotion no room just, for emotion. just yesterday Mark ship McGrath. comes in well, my shit comes in. I'll be ready. Yep. Roll. I mean, so many great. I shouldn't say great. So many good songs. Hey, you're talking to a guy in a dogs to more t-shirt. I you do. Know, I, I, I preach to the choir here. All right, we got to go. You Already? remain Mark McGrath, the host of Mark McGrath's 120 Weekends on the 90s on Nine, and the lead singer of Sugar Ray MarkMcGrath.com. At Mark underscore McGrath, and on Instagram you are? The real Mark McGrath, and love hearing from you guys, man. I will respond, so it's always fun to talk music with uh, good folks out there. Thank you. 